We all have desires. And I'm sure if we were to think about them, to say my heart's desire is, we could fill that with so many different things. And I'm sure it would vary from person to person, and some might have very few things on their list, and some might have very many. If you were to think about what it is that God desires, there are two things that should come to mind. And those two things are found in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 3, Paul writes these words. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He says, God desires that, first of all, all men may be saved, and secondly, that they will come to the knowledge of of the truth. I like to look at those in greater detail. Why would God desire for man to be saved? Well, after all, he created man. And you recall that going back to the Garden of Eden, man had a choice. They could choose to do what God said, or they could choose to disobey. And if they chose to obey, well certainly they would reap the rewards. But on the other hand, if they chose to disobey, they had to suffer the consequences. And you know, sometimes you can make good choices and then start making bad choices. And on the other hand, you can choose bad things later to find out that you can choose to do good things. In the book of Ezekiel, in chapter 18, the Bible lays that out very, very plainly. Again, we read, The soul who sins shall die. The son shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. There is a distinction, but then notice the change that one can make, beginning in verse 21. But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keeps my statutes, and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. Because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that he should turn from his ways and live? But when a righteous man turns away from his righteousness and commits iniquity, and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does. Shall he live? All the righteousness which he has done shall not be remembered. 
because of the unfaithfulness of which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed because of them, he shall die. Yet, you say, the way of the Lord is not fair. Hear now, O house of Israel, is it not my way which is fair and your ways which are not fair? When a righteous man turns away from his righteousness, commits iniquity, and dies in it, it is because of the iniquity which he has done that he dies. Again, when a wicked man turns away from the wickedness which he has committed, and does what is lawful and right, he preserves himself alive. Because he considers and turns away from all the transgressions which he has committed, he shall surely live, he shall not die. I believe as you read that passage, you can hear the tone of God. Especially in verse 23, when he asks, Do I have any pleasure at all that the wicked should die? It's not very pleasing, but you know it is the reality. God has given man a choice, and yet he says that he can choose the wrong things, and then choose to do the right things. One can only do that because of what God has given man. Sometimes when we need a little bit of influence, you know there are some things that can look very appealing to us. There are some things that we can research and find this has greater value in the long run. There are things that help us to make up our mind. And there is something that God has given to us. What better than his only begotten son? Jesus said in John chapter 3 and in verse 17 that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God made it possible that you can be saved. But he said, it is only if you choose to accept my son. Only through Jesus Christ. Paul also told Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and in verse 10, For to this end we both labor and suffer approach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. Those who believe that, yes, Jesus is God's only begotten Son, and He came to help save me. God has done His part, but I must do my part. In Titus chapter 2 and verse 11, Paul said that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. God made it possible that we can be saved. He extends His grace to each and every one of us. But He cannot save us alone by His grace. Because according to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 5 and especially verse 8, we learn that by grace are you saved through faith. God has made it possible, but there is something that He desires for us to do. And no, God does not want any of us to perish, but instead that we would all come to repentance. Peter said this in Second Peter chapter 3 and in verse 9. He says that 
The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. As Ezekiel said, God does not desire that any would suffer, that any would be unrighteous. Yet sadly, the reality is that but that unrighteousness can be turned into righteousness. One can choose to repent of his sins. And I can only do so when I know what has been done and to know what I must do. That's why the second thing that God desires is that all men will come to the knowledge of the truth. Truth can be known. Jesus said it plainly in chapter 8 and verse 32 of the Gospel of John. He said, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. If I know what the truth really is, yes, indeed, it can set me from my sins. I can be released from the things of this world. I can be free from the bondage of sin. And instead, I can serve Christ. In order to serve Christ, I must be willing to listen to Him. I must be willing to believe in Him. But yet, sadly, there were those that did neither or both. And you'll recall that many things led up to the crucifixion of Jesus. In the Gospel of John, in the 18th chapter, as Jesus was being questioned by Pilate, you'll recall in verse 37, Pilate asked him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, You say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth Here's my voice. Then Pilate said to him, What is truth? Even Pilate asked that very question. Jesus bore witness to the truth. He knows what truth is. He was in the beginning with God and was God. He had come to this world that the world through him might be saved. He has seen it all. He's been there, and he knows, and yet sadly, some people still do not understand. And so, if we were to answer Pilate's question, what is truth? We could go to the very words of Jesus himself, because he tells us clearly what truth is. In John chapters a few chapters ago, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And no one cometh unto the Father except through me. So we know first of all that Jesus is true. No one could deny him. There are many that had seen him with their own eyes. They had heard him with their own ears. He did many things that nobody else could do. And he taught as one having authority and not as the scribe. 
But then Jesus tells us another source of truth in John chapter 17. As he is praying to his Father in verse 3, he said that thou art the only true God. He knew that his Father is true. After all, he had been with him from the very beginning. And as he began to reveal himself to mankind, he said, if you had seen me, you have seen the Father. We know the Father exists. They're learning through the Son. And today there are many ways for us to know by looking at his creation and by studying his word. We can rely upon his word because Jesus then said in verse 17 of John chapter 17, Sanctify them by thy truth. Thy word is truth. What God said is certainly true. It is the only words that have endured the test of time. And we have his word today in written form. As Paul explained to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and in verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God that it is profitable for doctrine, for approve, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped unto every good work. Everything we read comes from God, and indeed, it is true. It has been proven time and time again. And as we read and study His Word, it becomes very clear what it is that God desires of us. His desires that we may be saved. His desires that we will come to the knowledge of the truth. You see, we cannot be saved if we don't know what the truth is. Because God tells us exactly what we must do in order to be saved. He has revealed Himself. He has sent His only begotten Son. He has left us His inspired word us. What is our desire? Is it to come to the knowledge of the truth? After all, it will set us free. And by learning the truth, we must obey the truth. We can cease unrighteousness and we can begin righteousness. Do we have a desire to be saved? If you do, you can respond to the invitation right here, right now, as together we stand and sing.